M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. Is there something you know that we don't know? Is someone coming for our pussy? This is Emsolation. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever said. Oh, I didn't think of that. Fuck, that's what I've been getting wrong. And just remember, if it's too fatty, just heat it up. You're in Emsolation. If that's not in a promo somewhere, I don't want to live anymore. Hello, darlings. How are you? Welcome to Emsolation. How you been? How you feeling? Check in right now. What's your mood? <laughs> hey, um, a lot of feedback from last ep, the last intro I did from Whispering M, just talking about uh, the way anxiety affects me. Yeah, a lot of you have reached out and I thank you for that. It actually does help me to maintain the brave because sometimes I feel a bit scared about exposing myself like that, but it was good. And then I also, to kind of help myself find the middle place, because I talked about, I either overreact or underreact to things. And I really struggle to just be in the middle and be kind of level. And it is like gritted teeth a lot of the time, just to, just to kind of be in that middle part where, you know, you're just not kind of reacting or assisting life. It's just kind of happening and you're going along. And so I decided to kind of write down the things that helped me find that middle space. When when are the times and situations where I feel calm? And one of those times is obviously singing on stage, which is a strange thing, but I do feel most calm and peaceful on stage singing to a large crowd, which probably sounds like some of your worst nightmare. But for me, I'm doing what I love and I'm in the moment and I'm performing for people who understand me and love what I love. So it's this kind of whole great exchange that goes on. And even though it might just appear to be me on the stage singing at you, I'm actually kind of taking in the whole energy of the situation. And I realised that that would have really had an effect on my mental health that I haven't been able to do that at all this year. That's been so, you know, I need to, I need to keep singing. So that's one thing. And the other thing is when I've been creative. So the Christmas windows were constructed, as some of you have seen online. The Jason Momoa and a sparkly leotard-inspired Christmas window. And some people didn't understand that reference. You know, it's like earthy tizzy. So, like, when you think of Jason Momoa, obviously he's Aquaman, obviously he's Khal Drogo, um, Khaleesi's husband, the horse lord from Game of Thrones. I mean, why don't you know that? And he's like a really kind of earthy, Hawaiian, Polynesian-looking guy, you know, and you just imagine he doesn't wear shoes a lot and he's kind of tanned and – I don't know, he eats fresh fruit and he doesn't – his kids don't watch TV and they probably don't even have electricity. Like they've probably got this whole solar ecosystem. I imagine he has like a greenhouse full of herbs and so he's quite earthy. But then, you know, he's also able to put on a whole spandex suit and like eye makeup and do the whole thing. So do you know what I mean? It's that fine balance, that Jason Momoa and Sparkly Leotard. (laughs) So the the Christmas window has got a lot of tinsel, got a lot of rainbow, got a lot of sparkle, but also has native animals, also has some like – Earth tones to complement the rainbow. And I think I could be described as earthy tizzy. I think that's a good way to describe me. I announced to the house, I need five hours today. Uh, I need you to take care of the baby. I need you guys to look after yourselves for school, for dinner. This is what I need today. And it's such a revelation making that space for yourself, especially if you're the person in the family that does a lot of the stuff, all the stuff. You feel a bit naughty and then you feel empowered and you're like, I should do this more often. So I guess if I can encourage you today, if you've been struggling like I have to find that middle place where you feel kind of peaceful, 
find the thing that makes you peaceful. Like you got to sit and you got to think about it because oftentimes you're either just working or you're doing the family and then the stuff that kind of fills your cup gets chucked to the wayside or you don't even know what that is because you've never taken the time or the luxury to explore it. And for me, I knew it would be kind of building this creative thing and, you know, getting up a ladder and all the stuff that I love doing. And I drew out my line in the sand. I weed around my area, if you will, and I carved it out and they all respected it. They all respected the boundary I put in for the day. So I felt really good at the end of it. There you go. Michael Lucas is coming in now. Oh, I've done something. I've done something. And you know when you hear it, I slipped into old territory. (laughs) I don't even know if it's going to make the edit. A a man put up an Instagram photo uh, of his new girlfriend and in – the photo under the caption he just spent a few paragraphs shitting on his ex-wife who I kind of know um he's a lovely person and they're kind of a public couple in Melbourne and I really disagreed with what he did and then he backed it up by by bagging her again in in an article they're a society couple so I had a few things to say about him bagging her in the Instagram post there's gonna be a lot of deep breathing just go with me I try, I try to be a better person and not a judgmental person, but oh my God, if you're saying things like, I need you to exercise, I'm only attracted to people who, who are active. Like, honestly, if you're saying that to your wife, you're going to maybe cop something from me. <laughs> anyway, that's happening. And Michael Lucas finally gets to tell you all about his new TV show. We're very excited. It's happening. It's filming. He can finally talk about it. So you're going to be a whole whoring session there. Thanks for being along, guys. You know, we love having you. Play the music. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. In what will surely be a very rare event, Michael Lucas today will be whoring something you've made that has nothing to do with me. <laughs> I, I don't know that that's the case. Last episode, you whored another one of my TV shows for me, and I but participated. I was in, in it singing. I was in it. it. Still had something to do with me. I still benefited from the whoring. So we've got to sing the song. There's a whore in the house. There's a whore in the house. Okay. What are we <laughs> I have to what say, I have to say, I can only reveal to you, it hasn't happened. There was one electrifying moment where I thought that maybe you might end up singing in this one too. <gasps> oh, no, it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. And I, I can explain why. It's for, uh, you'll understand when you. Can't you? You're the, it's you. It's your show. It's no, I know, made- I know, no, I made the call. I've really dug a great one. This, <gasps> this whoring's already gone off the tracks, hasn't it? You. <laughs> I assume there is a role for me somewhere, though. Like, you promised me Royal Watcher. I've got an idea for a potential future one, yeah. Anyway, so can I? (laughs) It's very exciting because this is Michael's first show that his production company, which I named, there you go, I've managed to make it about me, um, Hats Off Productions. Hats Off Media, in fact. Hats Off 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 Production Station. Oh, Hats Off Media is making, this has been, so many years in the making. I'm so proud of you. This is so exciting. This is your, like, this is what you've always wanted to make, right? Yeah, I would say, I, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of parts of it that are things that I am obsessed with all combined together in one package. <laughs> and so, yeah, and I did start working on it about almost five years ago now. Yes, Terrifyingly. When we, when we referred to it as Lavender Marriage. We certainly did. <laughs> now, t- what's the show called? The show is called The Newsreader. And, okay, here's the first bit of just 
for me, such excitement. It's set in 1986. <laughs> <laughs> the fashion, the hair, oh, my God. <laughs> it's set in a newsroom in 1986. So, yes, imagine 1980s newsreaders. So, you're imagine, mm. obviously, you've got your high hair, you've got your shoulder pad. I mean, the hair is already off the mm. hook. We're only a couple of oh. days shooting and I can't <laughs> tell you the amount of hairstyles that have already just absolutely <laughs> blissed me out. <laughs> And the lead character is uh, sort of like a reporter, an emerging reporter who's just he's just desperate to be the newsreader, to be the main newsreader. It's like his lifelong goal. But he may have some blurriness in his personal life. I'll let you just watch the show to figure out what they could be. If you think of me, you'll probably know. Wait, are we not saying? Well, well, is that a reveal? It's a pretty ambiguous sort of a, no, it's not so much of a reveal. But anyway, he's one character. And then there's also a very fierce, one of the first female newsreaders who's very fierce, sort of known as a very difficult woman and who's constantly butting heads against the dudes Mm. that run the news network. Mm, And is yeah. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I wonder where you drew inspiration from from that. God, who could that? I do fear that. God, who could that be? I just, God, wait, now I've just got to try and think through all you. It's essentially a buddy movie between the two of them, or are they more than buddies? What's going on? You'll find out. But I am a little bit worried. I mean, obviously, people are now cued to look for us. Mm. And you in particular in anything that I write. And let's just say they're not going to have to look very far or they'll <laughs> think they're not having to look very far. But I just want to assure you that when you get into it, it's a very fictional story. Let's just say there might be some elements of the character. Much as, for example, Billy in Offspring. She has some mm. lot of parallels with you, but you personally didn't go through IVF and suffer infertility, which was her whole big thing. So what happens to the character is might be very, very different for you, but if eagle-eyed emsolators watch and think, is there a bit of M in here? I'm not going to deny it. There probably <laughs> is. <laughs> a bit. There's certain elements of the story, and we won't give it away, that are very extreme that aren't as extreme for me. Oh, yeah, I've juiced it up for the drama. Yeah, I've done a Peter Morgan, but these aren't, <laughs> but these aren't fictional, but these aren't real characters, I no. should say. <laughs> <laughs> but so she's kind of in a man's world trying to be a reporter, a serious reporter, and he's trying to become the main anchor. Yeah, so he's she's already on the desk, but she wants to be taken seriously. She wants yeah. to be like a yarner and she wants to be she wants to be telling stories like she, yeah, yeah, she wants to be telling stories about AIDS and difficult stuff and she's being forced to kind of like do you can do first day of school or the Melbourne Zoo butterfly house and shit like that. <laughs> That's what she's stuck mm-hmm. with and she's not happy about it and it's taking a toll on her. <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't possibly imagine a situation like that. No, here, I don't. Have any idea why people are going to straight away think this show is about me and you? And he kind of is more of a serious reporter, but he just he wants to be on the desk. So they both kind of want what each other has to a certain extent and they get paired mm. together. And the other thing that is really fun about it is that they are reporting on real events from the 80s. Yes. So it's like if you're alive in 86... It was a bumper year. You had your, you had Challenger explosion. You had mm. Lindy Chamberlain getting reduced, re- released from jail. You mm. had the Russell Street bombing. You had Chernobyl. You had Halley's Comet. You had AIDS happening. There was just you had the you had Fergie and Andrew Royal wedding. Oh, and but I, that's actually what? they get engaged in the series, but we aren't up to the time frame when they actually oh. get married. And if I was going to give you a role, you would be a royal. Watcher. Yes, a royal watcher. Yes. Oh my god! I'd have to cover all my tattoos if that's okay. Because Royal oh, you've Watchers done it do before. You do it again. Hundred percent. I cover my tattoos for you. Can I briefly? Can I mention the cast? Oh my god! Let's get to the cast. But um, are you using real news yes. footage? 
a lot of it. So that, yeah, the other I knew thing, that. I knew that. I was just being a reporter. Oh, okay, yeah, well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm such a nerd because it's on the ABC, which is also exciting for me because oh. no ads. The ABC's got their news library, and it's staffed by all these like librarians. And I oh, have, heaven. I'm a librarian in my soul. Yes, you are. And so I have spent years going in and you just, you get all the raw footage. Like I'm going back Heaven. and looking at all the raw footage of Lindy <sighs> Chamberlain um, and, the, and Chino- um, not Chernobyl so much, but Challenger and Russell Street mm. bombing, all that sort of stuff. And it's, it, the weird thing is how old it looks. Like you and I were actually, we were walking, talking humans in 1986. Mm. And when mm. you look at the footage, it looks like the late sixties. It looks so old. And you also forget that even though it's the mid eighties, people weren't necessarily wearing the latest in eighties fashion and the cars weren't the latest things. Like it, it's shocking how old Melbourne looks in 1986 to me. Yes. Yes. Now the cast, the cast. Yes. So this is exclusive. This is exclusive. He hasn't told anyone else yet. Go. No, I haven't. Um, so an actress, Anna Torv, plays the female reporter, Helen, and she is she's just come back from doing Mindhunter in the US. She was also wow. in Fringe and Secret City. And I haven't yet, like obviously early days for our relationship, but Mindhunter was directed by David Fincher, who directed Madonna's Vogue, Vogue video clip. So there'll come a time <laughs> where we have to talk about that. And she oh God, also, oh God, oh God. her co-star in that yeah. was Jonathan Groff. <gasps> so I'm biding my time. Jonathan Groff. I mean, for people who don't, can't, I know Faye, he obviously is in Hamilton, but a million other things. Frozen. Pro- Frozen. Frozen, yeah, but King George in Glee. Hamilton. Glee, everything. Amazing. Oh, my God. Uh, he's not in the show, by the way. <laughs> but like, maybe, maybe when we're all out for dinner, because obviously we'll have to like out for dinner. I don't know how I insert myself there. We just got a phone and we just like text Jonathan. <laughs> we're like one degree. Sure, like, that'll go well oh for us. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Do you – can I just – can I bring your phone? I've lost – I'm trying to find my phone. And then we just – Maybe text Jonathan Groff. I don't know. I just feel like he'd like us. I just feel like if he met us, he would like us. Mm, he absolutely Okay, would. so she yeah. plays Helen yeah. and Helen's the, the, the newsreader must be taken more seriously. They're definitely not based on me role but elements of me person. She's a bit fierce and fiery, definitely not based on you. <laughs> Is she Italian? She's not. No, she's, okay. a, she's Anna and the character are Estonian, okay, part great. Estonian. So she's a fiery ethnic woman coming up against the establishment. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Did she look anything like me? I didn't yeah. think she was going to because mm. at first the idea was maybe she was going to be blonde like Joe Pearson or something. So I thought, oh, that's good. That'll look nothing like him. But then they were doing mm. some hair and makeup tests and she just looks spectacular sort of as a dark brunette. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to say that even visually there might be a bit of a parallel. <laughs> she's got very long hair and she's got very sort of high hair. Mate, you sent me a picture. Okay, I sent him a picture and I was a bit like, oh, fuck. Okay. We look identical. She even does the hot, because I do my hair side parted with a high bouffant bit at the front and I wear severe shoulders, even though it's 2020. And I sent back, are you joking? (laughs) I know. But I have not, it's not like I was showing costume and, but anyway, whatever. Okay, now the, the, the guy definitely not playing you, but it's definitely you. Who's he? His name's Sam Reed. M thinks he looks like Donald Gleeson from Star Wars. <laughs> he does. He's he's kind of a very power. He, yeah. if you've seen a lot of Australian stuff, he was in um, The Hunting on SBS, which was Ash's great show. He was also in Bloom on Stan, and and he's he's kind of known overseas because he was in one of the Prime Suspect series. But he's like mm. you know he's an emerging. Star. We'll put all these people's pictures up on the Instagram. Well, Marcella will. So you guys can, because I 
to be honest, didn't really know them until I Google image them. So, um, but they're very impressive. Finally, the last one that I can probably reveal is, um, oh, I'm so excited about this. Mark Downey plays ah! the, the wife of the uh, older, the Brian Naylor newsreader, yes. but she has been managing his career the whole time and she's the one that really, so she's like an 80s power wife. And Mark Downey, yes. if you don't know her, she was in Should. Fast Forward. She was the SBS lady. She's just, she's, she's in Kath and Kim. She plays their therapist. She's, as soon as you see her, you'll know her and you grew up with her. And I can't tell you how excited I was. But the weird link, the weird link between you and Mark Downey is when she shot those scenes for the Kath and Kim movie. Yes. She shot them in your house. Kath and Kim (laughs) therapist. They went out to Eltham to shoot the scenes because they needed sort of like a hippie rustic sort of look for the therapist's house. And it yeah. was a scene where Kath and Kel did nude counselling and it was shot <laughs> in my family lounge room. I love that factoid. I'm going to show you some cards now and I want you to tell me what you see. A couple making love. Two dead sticks. And this one. A man and a woman locked in a passionate embrace. A Wittex and a squeegee. Okay, good. Let's try another approach. Amazing. All right, well, it's called The Newsreader. It's going to be on the ABC next year. Don't worry, we'll be talking about it. We will single-handedly shoot it. It'll be like, why is this show outrating the Channel 7 News? <laughs> wow. Thank you for the whoring. You're really good at it. I love it. I'm, I I know how hard you've worked on this. You know, you're my best mate. Like, I mean, really, what what good am I if I can't? put my powers of evil to good every now and then. Mm-hmm. And I will rally the troops behind you. You know that. Like, it's going to be – it, be, it <laughs> until, better be good, Until mate. the moment when you see any story points with the character – until anyone starts picking up on, is this character based on M. Rossiano? And then it could could turn. <laughs> All right. Now, we did move on to another obsession of ours, Dan Andrews. <sighs> We've hit it. We're a big turning point. Or I'm going to say a roadblock in our obsession. Well, yeah. So here's him being interviewed by Lee Sales. Would you consider going into federal politics? Never. Um, I had a conversation with my wife, uh, who is my best friend, uh, many, many, many years ago, and the agreement was that uh, I could serve my state, but she's no interest and neither do I have any interest in me being in Canberra. All right, well, so he's pretty categorically stated that he will not be going federal. He, I feel like he anticipated the question. He knew it was coming and he was just so fast, yeah, so was. fast. And I'm going to be honest, I felt like it was directed at us. <laughs> 100%. I feel like Kath has been playing our podcast out loud while she cooks them dinner. Um, they, they probably rotate dinner. He is such – imagine having a husband that says, you know, during a political interview, my wife is my best friend. Like, honestly, mad, mad points. I have to say it. Mm. I really enjoyed that bit where he said, look, she's my best friend. I'm like, oh, and we grew very early on. Uh, we would – stay in Melbourne, I would not be going to it from Canberra. And I was like, ah, oh, but I think it's lies. Liza Minnelli, lies. My, my follow-up question is, is that until the kids grow up a little bit? Because we could, we can wait a little bit. We can wait. Sure. Please sure, say I mean, there's some yeah. conditions to this. <laughs> How, but it's all the ones I love. Your Penny Wongs, your Tanya Plibersex and your Dan Andrews. Like any, I take any one of them, any one of them, any one of them. And all three of them are united mm. for personal yeah. reasons in not wanting to take on the top job. And I completely understand and respect it. And I wouldn't yeah. want to put pressure on them. But on the other hand, I do want to put pressure on them. Please. Exactly. But that's why we love them because they have Morals. souls. Yeah. <laughs> Humanity. <laughs> Humanity, like they They're more understand. more than just a vessel for ambition. Yeah, yeah. They they have empathy, genuine empathy, and and they understand what the job would take, and they also understand that they don't want to rip out, you know, the middle part of their life. So, but still, I'm look. I'll I'll give Kath a little DM. I'll see. 
<laughs> start working on it. Yeah. We're going to have to, yeah. well, I'm going to say that for you and I, this is a moment of regrouping. We're yeah, going to have to, we thought maybe our approach could just be <laughs> saying what we want. Kath would hear it, tell him. And yep. next year he'd be meeting the governor general and he'd be our prime minister. It's not working out that way, but yeah. we'll just rethink things. Yeah, don't worry. Back to the drawing board, but we're very tenacious when we decide we want something and just stay tuned watch this space. I may have to take a job on with the Labor Party as like head PR rah-rah hype girl. I'm happy to oh, do that. You can play the long game. I mean, you really can. Oh, it's like in you. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. We have we have taken career trajectories that have taken decades to oh get into God. place. And so I'm don't still worry. Not there. Mate, I'm still not there. Oh, no, neither am I. Like we're, yeah. yeah. What was the other thing we wanted to talk about? I can't even remember now. Yeah, the producer at Channel 9. My rant. Look, something – okay. So I now have pride myself on – there was a time. (laughs) I love – she said it's very important with this one. It's like you're about – it's like you're a gymnast about to complete some sort of triple pike. She just needs to get her run upright. Yes. I just want everyone to know – how far I've come in terms of not being set in my ways, in terms of I'm happy to have my mind changed by someone who is smarter than me, more educated than me. Like I I don't – it's not often now – when I was 25, I used to go into things like, nah, I think that and no one can change my mind. I used to be like ironclad on my opinions. Now I'm pretty wishy-washy on my opinions because, you know, I think it's a dangerous way to be to be set in one way of thinking. But there are certain things that pop up every now and then where I am very confident in my emotion toward it. And this something has popped up just in my peripheral vision. Um, I don't even know where to start. So <sighs> Lauren Phillips is a host on Channel 9's Weekend Today. She's also – she used to do the – Kids WB, the Warner Brothers cartoon show in the afternoons, which Sophie Lee used to host in our days. Oh, um, iconic. Yeah she, yeah, she did that. Uh, I think she's done weathering, weather girling for a bit. You know, she's a media personality. She's doing summer breakfast for some radio station. She's, she's a lovely girl. She now lives in Byron Bay. She used to be married to a guy named uh, Lachlan Spark, who's a TV producer, I think. And they're a bit of a society couple in Melbourne. They're, they're about town. They were together for a long time. They had this really luscious, amazing wedding. And then not long after the wedding, they split up. Um, and were you and actually tracking any of this at the time? Or no, I, no, no, I did a okay. deep dive. Because I'm completely oblivious. <laughs> I, like I've virtually never heard of these people. I've known but of Lauren I Phillips. I have to say that I've where Em's going, the story's still good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I've known I known Lauren Phillips. I've seen her at events and stuff. She's always been very nice to me. She seems like a very nice human. So they were married for just a year. They got married in 2018, but they've been together six years prior to that. Anyway, uh, the reason these two came into my peripheral vision and caused me to question all that I hold dear is because Lachlan, her ex-husband, felt the need to debut his new girlfriend on Instagram, which is great. Okay. But he decided to, instead of saying, you know, oh, hashtag blessed, look at my, I've got a, I found love again, my heart's whole, she's a wonderful girl. He thought that perhaps he would use the caption as an opportunity to shit on his ex-wife. Oof. Yeah. He basically said a while ago, not even basically, let me read verbatim what was underneath his photo. A while ago, I married a girl. Oh, I wonder who he's talking about. <laughs> Names to protect the innocent. God. <laughs> who cared much more about herself and how she was perceived than oh, she did about me. Oh, my God. Mm. 
It was a lot, too much actually. I left and despite losing almost every friend I'd found over seven years, in the blink of an eye, it's the best thing I've done. (laughs) I was more than a bit nervous. I'd wasted a big chunk of my life with the wrong person. I truly believe that there was more to a relationship than skin deep friends, free holidays and Instagram followers. I just needed to find it. I just wish he was, you know, a bit more direct in the things he had an issue with. (laughs) This is all in an Instagram caption, guys. Unbelievable. It's also such an own goal because I read that and not knowing anything about these people, I instantly think, thank God that first wife got out of that situation. And then he finally gets to the new girlfriend, which, you know, it's just a lovely photo of the two of them. Like they just look happy, but it took him a good five paragraphs to get to the actual girl in the photo who I just want to yell, run to. Run! So he's done that. And then there was rumours spread that he gave Lauren a list, an ultimatum of things that she needed to kind of improve on if they would stay together. And one of those things was she needed to help out around the house more and she needed to move, she needed to exercise because he's only attracted to people who move. I've heard, I have to say that this has come up a few times Recently, I feel like the new trend is where for people who don't want to say, I just want to go out with hot, rich mm. people, they tend mm. to say health is just very, very important to me. And I've, mm. I've, it's like, it's like the new sort of indestructible argument for, for, you know, getting your way through mm. the fact that you're completely mm. superficial and placing unrealistic body expectations on your partner. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, my God, I'm so wound up <clears throat> and I really don't want this to come across in the podcast because I don't – I'm not trying to launch an attack on these people. I just – and he knows what he did was wrong because he then did come out and say it was unfortunate that that language was used and I regret it. But then he dug himself deeper and said it was more of a framework for her to kind of adhere to so our relationship was successful. And then I lost my mind. I just think – <laughs> if if you feel it's not a business transaction, it's a relationship and you've been with this person for six years and I have looked at Lauren Phillips and if you Google image Lauren Phillips, there's going to be a lot of Google imaging off this podcast, she's a stunner in every conventional sense. It's not a scrap of fat on that woman. Like she's conventionally beautiful. She's tanned. She runs on the beach. She's healthy. She's got dewy skin, glowing eyes, white teeth, long, shiny hair. Like she's hanging out with the Hemsworth in Byron Bay. I know. I just looked up Lauren Phillips and the first name that came up associated with hers was Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, they're buddies. I'm in the horse capital of Australia, but I was yet to find a horse. So I thought I should hot foot it up to one of the horse studs and check out the beautiful, the beautiful. Heard you talking about looking for some horses. There's a bunch down here actually, which I've noticed in the paddock. What are you doing? Well, we're doing the weather for the Today Show, um, and I often get teased about not having the best presenting skills or pronunciation. You want to help me out? Yeah, let's let's mispronounce all of these. They're good buddies now. Like, Lauren's gone on. She's on the up and up, man. I just want to say to her, you're the winner here. It was awful. It was an awful thing to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to play the ball and not the man. I'm not commenting on him. On the Sparks person, I just think it was a misstep. And Look at it as advice. Advice to you, if you want to go out there with your new partner and make make your ex feel jealous or whatever, the best thing to say is nothing about them. Just put Correct. a picture of you. Everyone knows that. It's a basic yes. rule of social media. You yes. put on stuff that happiness is the best revenge. Lie. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Lie about it. If you look at my social media, it's just nothing but me being absolutely happy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and it does not bear. I mean, you're you're a lot realer. I'm a bit. I'm a bit more. Well, even then. As I said last night on my Instagram, it's curated. People don't need to know the depth of my darkness. That's not what people sign up for when they follow me. You get a peppering of dark, just a peppering, and the rest is light and happy. A few of us lucky ones know the truth, but it's taken me, like you need the 30-year runner <laughs> to yeah, get to it. You didn't want to, want to be deposited right in the truth. No. But I have to say, no, you do a very good job. You just package it on Instagram in a way that is is truthful and yet is still going to, like you're going to be able to f- just keep on swiping and go about your yeah, day. Yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't need to. You'll never see a photo of me crying on Instagram, put it that way. I'm not a selfie taker crier. I always think about those people that put up photos of themselves oh, crying. Like, yeah. How many uh, shots, like was it a, is it a one-shot thing, a cry selfie, or is it like a multiple, is there 25? Because when I put a selfie up, there's about 32 reje- rejected photos before the right one is selected. Yeah. Is that the same with a cry selfie? Do you think? I think so, and that's what I find so riveting about it. Of course, of course you take several like, and you do a bit of filtering. Are they going through going, oh, yeah, look at that. Is there a, that tears in a good position? Less snot in that one. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, what's the criteria for a good cry selfie? Like, you don't want it to be, like, snot crying, obviously. I think the best kind of crying, you know who is an excellent cryer? She doesn't do it on Instagram, but Kat Stewart is an amazing cryer. Oh, she amazing. is. Amazing. She's yeah, got big she eyes and she can yeah. just get, like, she gets, like, one really juicy tear. Maybe we could request, Kat, I know you're listening. Could you please <laughs> text Michael or I a cry selfie, a good oh, no, one? We We'd love you to can see, see it. Anyone, any of her performances, I make her cry all the time in, in <laughs> fiction. In fiction. If she ever wanted to be, and she, I mean, she, she's beyond classy on her Instagram. Yeah, I mean, she would yeah, never sink is. to these no. levels. But no. if circumstances change and she wanted to serve up, <laughs> The cry selfies, <laughs> nobody would have the skills better than she would. Nobody. There is one photo of me where I took after I'd finished crying, I'd finished the tour and I was, you know, I always cry oh, that's after different. The, but I did just do one shot. I do remember like like just going, I'm going to take one shot of a moment in time and I think it's online, it's on Instagram, it kind of got farmed around. But it was the end of the tour that I did about the miscarriage at Eva Queen and it was like the last time I had to tell the story of my baby dying and I was – because halfway through the tour, I regretted making yeah. it all about my baby dying. Oh, yeah, having to relive it every single yeah. night. And it was gruelling. And the last show especially was like, it was kind of like, okay, well, I'm kind of laying rate rest finally because I'm not going to talk about this anymore. I cried and cried and I took one photo. And like that's, so there is one cry self of me out there, but I can confirm it was one shot wonder. That's it. Wasn't a good shot though. <laughs> if I have my time again, I honestly feel like there needs to be some sort of course in social media that they start teaching at school, basically, oh, just yeah. to give you some. Because also, the other thing that amazes me is it's been around for fifteen years, right? Mm. And right from the start, one of the weirdest bits on social media, always, always throughout time, has been when someone posts the either the cry selfie or just the general, you know feeling really awful today, just got bad news. And like every one of their followers is put in this awkward position of do I, do I text or do I comment or do I like the Facebook bid for consolation Mm. has always been awkward and strange. And no, I still don't feel like I've got the skills to know how to respond to it. And I feel like we need some sort of conference or something to Mm. just come up with, should we be doing that? And if we are doing it, what is the appropriate response to that? Because it's, it's maintained over the 15 years still now. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, as someone, a couple of times I've spoken, like, 
about tough things on Facebook and then people have kind of generally people know what to say. I just want to say it's very different to someone who has had an experience happen to them that they are articulate. Like there's, there's articulating and sharing it so that other people who are going through that don't feel so alone, which is, that is amazing on social media. And I really think for a lot of things, I mean, there's, you know, there's recent example in terms of miscarriage, like Chrissy Teigen and yourself, mm. like there's times where that has been really mm. revelatory. I mean, the people who are just letting you know that they're upset, but <laughs> won't give you any reason why quite oh. specifically. Okay. 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 But you I know what I'm you. talking about. Yeah, it's a, you I get do. one every few months. <laughs> and then you always like- wonder like, and what circle of the fr- like am I like sh- like clearly they're putting that out there in the hope that they'll get a response? Do you reckon they want a response from me? To. I know exactly who you're referring to. I think I've sent you screenshots. Of the- of There's multiple people. <laughs> you're such a bitch. But I just more don't know what how to respond. It's also the worst thing is if you've recently, very recently liked, like you're flipping through your feed and you've liked something that you've, they've done. Yeah. And then and then you go down a little bit further and all of a sudden it's like, oh, really, really just got some awful news devastated today. Welp. And you're like, I think oh. emoji. I think emoji. You go an emoji. <laughs> do you? you don't, yeah, you don't write anything. Okay. You just do an emoji. And there's a really great one now that they've done for COVID where it's a smiley face hugging a heart. That's kind of nice. It's a hug. It's a emoji hug. So but I is it, but, is it, but see, my fear about that is it's like, I will acknowledge this enough to choose an emoji, but I don't actually want any details. <laughs> Isn't that what that says? Or maybe yeah, that's no, what I no. want to say. I would see it as I am acknowledging this, but clearly you don't want to divulge or you would have, so I'm not going to breach your privacy. All right, that's a good way. See, this is what you should run the course. Yeah, I know. I'm very good. And then send a DM, personal DM, go, hey, hope you're okay thinking of you. Still not asking because maybe you don't care or you don't want to know. But just letting them know you've acknowledged fire emoji without prying, yeah. and then you've gone. Then you've gone privately to say, "I'm just checking everything's okay. If it was bad enough, I assume you'd tell me." Okay, great. See ya. You're really. I mean, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Your hundreds of thousands of followers would attest to the fact that you do know what you're doing on social media. But yeah, no, that yeah. And yeah. I've really. I'm going to say I have. This comes up for me every few months and has done for the past decade and a half. And I've never known how to respond to it. And you're right. That's exactly what you should do. The emoji and the follow up DM. Oh, I'm just going to really put you on the spot here and say you never like my photos on Instagram. Your husband likes my photos more regularly than you do. I just want that pointed out because I can see which of the people I follow like my photos. And if I go back through (laughs) them, you don't like any of my fucking photos. (laughs) You are so tight. With hearts. <laughs> you never chuck chuck a bitch alike, mate. And that's I what the know. episode's called. That's what the episode's <laughs> chuck called. A bitch alike, chuck I a know. bitch alike. What do I have to do? Never. I, I know. Will, I'm looking at my Instagram right now. I am looking. Oh, I just got a notification. I have mate. not been on Instagram today. Oh, I bought some Gucci. Look, the only thing I will say, and look, I think what I'm learning from this discussion is I've, I've, it came with like a general confusion. I think what we've realised now is I'm the dysfunctional social media person. Hang on a minute. Clearly. I just did a whole side conversation with myself because I just got a shop at notification that my Gucci sandals are coming today because I anxiety bought Gucci sandals. You didn't even like my Christmas picture with Dolly Parton on my Instagram. I I haven't seen it yet. Your husband is there. We're not the same person. I've been working. I'm on settle day and you've got to put your phone on airport plane mode. Excuse me. I see the things you do online. I get your text messages during the day when you're supposed to be on set. 
I know exactly what you're doing. Didn't even like the photo of me and you in the article. Like, get with it, Lucas. <laughs> oh, God, okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to start. No, Tolo. If any tolo. listeners could just tip me off if there's something <laughs> I should have liked and have it, just keep a look at. But I did. I remember last – you know what it is, though? This is where I've gone wrong. Mm. Uh, like last night I commented on your John Farnham shots. Um, at, you we had commented a on the Emsolation oh, Instagram, okay. not mine, and Marcella put that post up. So she you were some. liking my daughter's post. It was a picture on, of you. On our page, <laughs> an account that is yours also. So that doesn't count, mate. Oh man, yeah. I think mm. I think what what I'm learning is we need to set a framework for this for this online relationship. <laughs> Honestly, I don't I don't care that much. But I my husband doesn't like any of my photos either. So it's just noticed. Yes, yeah, just noticed. It's not like like I do. No, I look through you my know photos. what? I am bad. I, I do think I am bad because I much more scroll through Twitter than I do Instagram. But when I scroll through Instagram, like often I do think, aha, great, and I don't hit like, and I realise that's my problem. Mm, it is because clearly I'm not in your fucking algorithms because you're not liking anything I post. So Instagram's like, oh, hey, and Michael Lucas doesn't like that, M. Rossiano. Oh, I'm not going to show any of her content to him. <laughs> yeah, you've, when you've I go stuck on your Instagram, algorithms. Like seriously, between between you and the M. Salation podcast and Podcast One, like there's, I mean, I get a lot of M. content when I do jump on. Oh, the weirdest right. thing about being friends with M, the weirdest thing by far, <laughs> is when you think you've had conversations with her, but you haven't. You've just seen her in your stories. Oh, yeah. that, that happens, happens quite a lot. The time. All the time. I think I don't hear from – I feel like I have no friends because all my friends feel like they just see me all yeah, the time. Yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm like, catching up with you. <laughs> and then you'll get a call going or you'll send a text like a Jewish mother going, you never call. And it's like, I know everything you've been doing. What are you talking about? <laughs> all right, this is just turning into an airing of our issues. We should go. Um, I'm already thinking about all the things I need to edit out about my rant. Um, that's fine. I think you've taken the right stance with this one. I think it's pretty clear cut. There's not much ambiguity here. I think you've been I fair know. enough. You know, at the end of the day, people should not be judged by one post on social media. However, on a case by case basis, we can There's judge- a follow up interview where you talk about framework. There will be judgment. <laughs> all right. Have a good day. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. This is Emsolation. All right, that's it from us. Can you believe the next time we speak, it will be friggin' December. <sighs> December. Well, there you go. What a year it's been. I mean, it's been a strange year, obviously, but also this podcast came. Would not. It would not have happened without Rona. So, you know, if you want to look for a silver lining, I don't know if that's enough. Probably not. Thank you very much for listening. I'll catch you guys next week. Have a wonderful weekend. I wonder if some of you will be building your Christmas-themed windows. <gasps> What's your theme? Oh, if you do put up your, your stuff, can you please take a photo of it and tag the podcast in it at Emsolation Podcast, please? I would love to share some of your rooms. Well, when I say me, Marcella, my daughter, runs the social media. We would love to share some of your looks. And please write your theme, you know? What is your theme this year? I always find a theme helps. So, yeah, if you do do your Christmas displays this weekend... Please take a photo of it and um, tag us in it. All right, guys. Talk soon. Bye.